All right, evening, folks. Psalm 62. The Psalms, the book of the Psalms. <clears throat> I would encourage you in your Bible reading to always incorporate a psalm every day. And then when you finish the Psalms, I would encourage you also to include a proverb, one of the chapters in the Proverbs. Psalms are a blessing. They are the secret thoughts and prayers of the saints of old. Many times when you read a psalm, you're reading, uh, for instance, in this psalm, the heart of King David. This psalm is addressed to a man who we've probably not heard much about. His name was Jeduthan. He was a chief musician. There are two other psalms, Psalm 39 and Psalm 77, who were addressed to him. I don't know whether that means they were addressed to him as music to play in the tabernacle or before the Lord. But nonetheless, if you have a title there above it, it says, To the chief musician, to Jeduthan, or Jeduthun, and it says a psalm of David. Jeduthun's sons, if you go to 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Chronicles, you don't have to go there, but if you're in chapter 16, you'll see what, when the ark was finally brought up from Obed-Edom's house, when it was in the Philistines' lands. Of course, you remember first there was the breach on Uzzah, and then when they actually brought it up the right way, and they brought it into the city, uh, David instructed the singers and the musicians to play, and it was a, it was a big celebration. And Jeduthun was there, and his sons were doorkeepers in the tent because there was a tent that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was put in in Jerusalem when they brought it up to the city of David. And so just some history there. But Psalm 61 and Psalm 62 are near and dear to my heart, and I read these Monday, and the Lord gave me these, some of these thoughts on Monday, Psalm 62. Follow along with me there. David writes, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah means consider. Verse 5, my soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. You'll note that verses 1 and 2 and verses 5 and 6 are all very close, almost verbatim, but different. Verse 7, and God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. And we'll stop right there. Let's pray. 
Oh God, I thank you for this song. Oh God, I thank you for the precious word of God. Oh Lord, I pray that your word would always be a refuge, Lord, where we may continually resort. Oh God, that we might run to it, that we might be comforted in your word. Oh God, that we might, as the psalmist writes, as David writes, that we would trust in you at all times. Father, we understand these words, I think. We should understand these words. But Father, we know so often is, sometimes some of the most easily understood truths in the Word of God are so difficult to practice and to believe. And so we're asking you for help, O oh God. We're asking you, as that man did ask of the Lord Jesus, help thou mine unbelief. Before that, he said, I believe. Father, help us to believe the things that sometimes are so very difficult. We understand them, O oh, oh Lord. But Father, we need strength for our faith. We need help, O oh God. Help us, Heavenly Father. Give us a time of refreshing tonight. Visit us each individually, personally, in our spirits and comfort us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. David speaks as one man, verses 3 and 4. He speaks as one man with many enemies. Some think that this psalm was written when Absalom, his son, rose up in insurrection against him. You can imagine that. His only son rising up in insurrection, actually intending to kill him. His chief counselor, Ahithophel, was with him in the insurrection. You know the story. David was exiled from the city of David. He left. You remember his tender heart toward his son. If, if you remember that story, I never forget those words. When Joab had killed his son, he cried out, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, my son. He loved his son. This had to be so very difficult for him. Some think it was of Saul when Saul chased him down when he was in exile before he was ever anointed king. Whatever the case, David had enemies coming at him constantly. We know that that happened in the time of Saul. They planned mischief against him. They devised mischief against him to overwhelm him. In verse 4, it says, They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. That's why I think this speaks of when Absalom came after him. They sought to overwhelm David, to overthrow him, to destroy him, to destroy his faith. Listen, these weren't your typical enemies. Verse 4 says, outwardly they blessed David. It's the worst kind of enemy is one that actually speaks to you as if they're your friend. So outwardly they blessed David. They flattered him with their tongues. They acted like his friends. But inwardly and secretly they cursed him. They hated him. And they lied about him. But neither David's enemies nor his troubles destroyed or shattered his faith in his God. And that's what I want you to see tonight. Instead of his enemies and his troubles destroying his faith, his trials discovered 
his faith and awakened his faith in his God. And it also refocused him and refixed his faith in his God. And I would add to his God and to his God alone. Beloved, we need to get to the place in our Christian lives when all we need is God. All we need is God and God alone. And we take our great comfort in that God who does all things for us. The psalmist, the song we sing, Psalm 86, For thou art great and doeth wondrous things, thou art God alone. It means thou art God all by, by, by thyself. That's what it means. He's only God, beloved. This was a trial of David's faith. And beloved, the trials of your faith should never weaken you. But I'm going to show you something in a minute to where you see David was weakened slightly. And I think that's also by the design of God when God brings trials into our lives. But the trials of our faith should ultimately never weaken you or I or drive you away from God. They shouldn't drive us from God. That's not God's design. Listen, in our minds, I know and you know that sometimes that's the way we feel. I feel like I'm crumbling. I feel like I'm weakened. Listen, that's not God's design, but the crumbling and weakened part kind of is. I won't say kind of is, it is. Because God means to weaken you from trusting in yourself to trusting in Him, to trusting in Him alone. And beloved, that's what I see David writing here. Our trials should strengthen us in our faith in Christ. They should drive us toward Him with an even greater resolve. They should drive us to Him to where we have a strong resolution towards our God. Look at Psalm 71. This is actually a scripture song that we sing. Psalm 71, and then we'll go back to Psalm 61. He says, In Thee, O Lord, verse 1, do I put my trust in Thee, O Lord. Let me never be put to confusion. You ever get like that? You just can, you're full of, it's like there's anarchy in your mind. You're in the midst of a trial and you can't make sense of what's this way or what's that way. He says, let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me. Hear me, O Lord, and save me. Verse 3 is really where I want to get. Be thou my strong habitation where I may continually resort. That's a resort where you want to be continually. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Listen, God must be the one that is the underpinning and foundation of your entire life, of your entire existence. He says, deliver me, O my God. I detest when I hear people use those words as a slang. Mm -hmm. I detest it. But beloved, we may use them in reverence to our God as a term of endearment. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel men. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. That's Adonai Jehovah. Thou art my trust 
from my youth. Do you notice in all of these 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 comforts that God is the only one that the psalmist asks for deliverance? In thee, O Lord, singularly do I put my trust. Look at Psalm 61. Psalm 61 is really one of my favorites. I I Listen, I resort to it often. I would encourage you, resort to this often. Don't feel bad if you go back to the same passage. Listen, these should be our prayers. You should be able to, in the Christian experience, pray these words in faith as if they're yours. They are yours, beloved. Look at verses 1 to 3. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. He says, from the end of the earth will I cry. David was praying as if he felt like he was far, far away from God. He says, from the end of the earth, it was in his exile. I feel like I'm in the ends of the earth. I cry unto thee from the end of the earth. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me, O God, to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower for mine enemy. He goes back and he remembers. That's another thing, beloved. We need to go back and remember. You have been a, a shelter for me and a strong tower in past. We need to remember. Build those memorials like when the people of Israel came across the Jordan. They, they took rocks and they built a memorial. And he said, when your children ask you what this is about, you tell them. We need to remember the things that our Lord has done for us. This is a good thing for your journal if you journal. Listen, beloved, this is what every trial, every overwhelming trouble should do in our lives. It should strengthen us in our faith in Christ. It should weaken us in our own resolve to handle our own problems ourselves. It should help us to resort singularly to God and God alone. We should be able to utter these words in faith. We should desire. Listen, God must be our only salvation, our only fortress, our only defender, our only shield, our only buckler, our only salvation. Verses 1 and 2, we understand that David was in trouble. Verses 1 and 2, he says, Truly, my soul is silent unto God. That's what that word wait for means. My soul is silent unto my God. Listen, there's nothing more precious. There ought to be nothing more precious to us than peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation of our souls. Next to that, in the Christian life, there ought to be nothing more precious than to be able to sit silently before the Lord with a trusting calm in our spirits that God knows and God is right there in whatever I'm going through. Listen, whatever your tribulations might be, they are designed to produce patience, trust, and silence within your soul toward God but to also fix your soul upon God and God alone. Beloved, as Psalm 57, 7 says, I think it's 57, 7, 
It's in Psalm 57. The psalmist says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed, meaning upon Him. Listen, when we get in trials, it's like looking through a camera. You ever look through a camera with a big lens or through a telescope? You ever look through a telescope and you look at the moon and it's all blurry? And you have to adjust the focus. Beloved, trials give us focus. They should give us focus on our God. It should, we, things get blurry. They blur. We can't see straight. We can't see our direction. But the trial should give us focus. And as you turn the lens of your faith, you should see clearly. We should see God. We should focus our hearts upon Him. Listen, your trials are never designed to hurt you. When they happen in your life, they are happening under the sovereign direction and supervision of your Heavenly Father. They are happening to remind you and to refocus you to trust your God and God alone. Not in this world. Listen, we are prone to depend on other persons and other things for our trusts. Beloved, God will bring trials into our lives so that you will have no other trusts. T-R-U-S-T-S. No other trusts but in Him. And that you will lean upon no other but upon God and God alone. I still remember in the book of Isaiah... The king was going to trust in Egypt to help them. And the prophet Isaiah said, Why are you going to lean on this broken staff? Why don't you ask me? God says. But you're going to lean on this weak and broken stick, which he likened Egypt to. No, beloved, our trust must be in God alone. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, very present help in trouble. Though the mountains fall over on us, though the seas roar, it speaks of tumult and temptation and trial. At the end of that psalm, that's 46, the psalmist says, be still. You ever tell your kids that? They're scared. Just be still. And that's what God's telling us. Just be still. Listen, I suffer from this being anxious. We all do at times. But listen, it's so comforting when God tells us through His Word, be still and know that I am God. Just be still. I'm right here. Be still. Cease from your faithless human reactions to your trials. You behave as if I'm not here. You behave as if I've run off someplace. No. Be still and know that I am God. Listen, if you are God's dear child, He is going to teach you to be silent unto Him and to trust Him. God's going to teach you. That's what a good father does. A good father teaches his children. God is a good father. And that's what He's going to do. He is going to teach you to trust Him and Him alone. He is going to teach you who I love in the psalm. It says, who only is your rock. There is no other rock. He only is your rock. He only 
is your salvation. He only is your strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. He only is your refuge. He only is your defender. Beloved, we serve such a powerful God. That's why the thought came in about praying. It should make people fear that we pray and that we have contact with God, especially those that don't believe in our God. So in verse 2, David said in his trial, did you notice he said, I shall not be greatly moved. It indicates to me that he was shaken. His trials came, his enemies came against him. David reveals that it weakened him. Listen, trials will weaken us. In our human condition, we think, well, that can't be me. I need to be strong. No, brethren, we need to be weak. We need to be weakened. God weakens us with these things. When these trials and these troubles initially come into our lives, when they came into David's life, they overwhelmed him. He was shaken. Listen, I've been shaken by some trials in my life. I mean, shake you down to the core where you feel like crawling in a hole. You, listen, you just feel like running away. David was shaken. He was troubled. And he was moved. But here's the key. He was not greatly moved. He was not greatly moved. I think the shaking and the troubling and the weakening, beloved, that's by his design. God weakens us so that we would come to him. Listen, when you're hit with an unexpected side wind, it's like a rogue wave. You ever see a boat get hit by a rogue wave? The captains, they keep their ships in, in perpendicular to the waves against the seas. And I've seen those that deadly catch thing where they, they'll shout, Rogue wave! And the, the swell will come up out of nowhere and, and bam, hit it in the side. Beloved, that's sometimes we get hit with a side wind. We get hit with an unexpected trial in our lives. And although our, our faith may be moved and shaken, because you have genuine saving faith in Christ, beloved, you will not be greatly moved. You will not. You'll be moved, but you won't be greatly moved. Psalm 37, a just man might fall, but he'll rise up seven times. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Listen, you need to find those passages in the Word of God and say, Lord, that's me. I believe in you, Lord. Don't let me fall. Don't let me utterly be cast down. Listen, you know when Jesus, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when someone builds a house on a rock, Luke says when they dig deep, the man that was a wise man, he, Jesus said, he heard my sayings. If you hear my sayings and do them, if you believe me, if you trust me, Jesus said, you're like a man that digs deep until he hits the rock. And then he pours the concrete. He builds it on a rock. Because you know what? In life, when the floods came and the winds blow and beat upon that house, it's not going to fall. Why? founded upon the rock but if we build our houses on the sand when the winds come 
and the waters rise and the tempest and trials come and beat upon us, we'll fall. First Peter, look at First Peter 5. I love how Peter writes this. If you know anything about First Peter, it's, it's really about the sufferings of the Christian in the Christian life. At the end of First Peter chapter 5, I love this. He talks about casting all of your care upon Him in verse 7. For God careth for you. Man, look, you need to take that and embrace it. God cares for you, Christian. Then He warns us about the devil, your adversary. He's a roaring lion. He walks about seeking whom He may devour. And He tells us to resist, stead, resist Him steadfast in the faith. The faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. Listen, you are part of a brotherhood and a sisterhood in Christ. Your brethren are going through the same things that you're going through. Not at the same time, but we all have these afflictions. I love verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory... He has called us. We're not there yet, but He's called us. And He's not going to leave us. He's called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And then He says this, After that you have suffered a while. It means, literally, after that you've suffered a little time. That little time, beloved, is your life. This Christian life is going to be suffering. This is not our heaven. God is fashioning you. He's preparing you for heaven. Your trials are weaning you from this world. They are bringing your, bringing your faith into clear focus on your God. They're focusing you on Him. He says, after that you've suffered a while, notice, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love that passage. But note, after the initial hit, when David said, he said, I shall not be greatly moved. After that initial hit, David refocused and refixed his faith and trust in his God so that he was able to write in verse 6, I shall not be moved. You see the building of his faith? First, it was, I, not, I shall not be greatly moved. Now in verse 6, I shall not be moved. I hope you can see how important it is. I want you to see how important it is that you are rooted, grounded, and established in your faith in Christ. Or as David penned in verse 8, to trust in Him at all times. To trust in Him at all times. Listen, if you're not rooted and grounded in your faith in Christ every single day, you have to use the easy days to ground yourself, beloved. You have to use the days of calm, the days of quiet pasture to fill yourselves with the truth of God's Word, to, to, to love Christ more and more each day, to build up your faith in Christ. Because when the trials come, that's when you've got to make a big withdrawal. That's when you got to draw on what you got. And if you're not rooted and grounded and established and settled on Christ, if you don't trust in Him 
when those times come, you're going to be shaken. But listen, if you're God's child, you will not be greatly moved. He is not going to let you go. But beloved, we need to always be building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so David in verse 8, there in Psalm 62, he says, he, this is where we finish off. He says, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Trust in him at all times. Those two words, all times, mean every when. You've heard me say that. Every when. Every W-H-E-N. Every when. All the time. Every time. Trust in Him at all times. But you know we're prone to trust in ourselves when everything is going well. We're prone to just forget God and cast the means of grace aside. And think that we can do it all by ourselves. And God, like a good father, when we do, he hits us with a side wind to bring us back. Listen, if God did not intervene in our lives, we would go and be gone. We would go and be gone. Beloved, you are kept by the power of God. In your life, you need to trust in Him at all times. Every time, every when. And the last thing, which needs to be constantly as well, He says, pour out your hearts before Him. Pour your heart out before God. Listen, this is what you have to learn how to do. I say learn how to do it. You got to get in your secret place. And you got to learn how to just pour your heart out. Listen, I'll close with this final example. First Samuel. This is Hannah. You know the story. Hannah was one of the wives of Elkanah. Penina was his other wife. Penina had children. Hannah did not have any. It was a burden to her that she had no children. What made it worse is Penina poked at her because she did and she didn't have children. So Hannah rose up, verse 9, after they, they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli... The priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. Means she was heavy, she was angry, and she was discontented. Listen, I'll tell you, if you're angry and discontented, you need to tell that to God. You need to go in and pray. I love when Randy said that day, he said, you need to pray without a filter. You need to go in. I'm not telling you to be disrespectful to God. But I'm telling you, you need to tell God, you need to, you need to pour it all out. You need to cry out to the Lord. She was in bitterness of soul. She prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She vowed a vow and she said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me 
and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now we know now that that was Samuel. Came the pass as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli marked her mouth. The word marked is the word scope. He focused in on her and accused her of being drunk. Now Hannah spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Eli, in his lack of discernment, he said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. Listen, when you got a sorrowful spirit, don't call your friend. Go call upon God. Pour out your heart to God. Beloved, we need to learn how to do that as a people. We need to learn how to call out to God by faith. We need to learn how to be satisfied that we've told Him, not our friends. I'm not telling you not to speak to your friends, your Christian brothers and sisters, but if you haven't told God, you got it out of order. Beloved, we need to learn how to trust God and God alone. Trust in Him. Tell Him. And then we need to get up from that prayer the way Hannah did. She said, I'm not a daughter of Belial, in verse 16, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. I'm sorry, I missed verse 15. I wanted to show you that. She said, I have neither drunk wine or strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Pour it out, beloved. She said, I'm not a daughter of Belial. Eli answered and said, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And I love this. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman, when she had actually unburdened her sorrows, her bitterness, and her complaint before the Lord, she actually unburdened herself. She believed that God heard her prayer. She went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. She truly prayed. Beloved, we need to know what that is. We can read the scriptures. We can understand what she did. But you need to do that by faith. I need to be able to do that by faith. To get up and trust God that he heard me. Trust in him at all times, ye people. At all times. Easy to say trust in the Lord when everything is going great. But not when everything's going bad. Trust in him at all times. Trust. Trust in Him, trust in, in times of calm, trust Him in times of prosperity, on good days, but also in times of difficulty, in times of affliction, and in times when your faith is under attack from the wicked one. When you feel like you're all alone, trust in Him at all times. He has gone nowhere. God is right there. He is a very present help in trouble. Let's dismiss in prayer. Father, please help us. Oh God, we want to know 
the prayer of Hannah. Father, we want to know the experience of David. These, this brother, this sister that have, Father, gone on now and they're, they're in your presence. Father, we want to live this Christian life. Father, we know that you know that we're weak. We're only made of dust. We're, Father, we fail so often. But Father, we also believe that we will not be moved, that you will keep us. But Lord, help us to trust in you at all times. Help us to be able to say with David, my soul wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is of him. Help us, Heavenly Father. Please help us. Help us, Father, to have no other trusts. Oh, God, please visit each one of your dear saints, each precious soul here. Father, we pray that you would visit us in the salvation of the souls of our lost loved ones. We pray that you would help us to trust them to you. Let us not look at what's happening on the outside and let us not get cast down because it looks like it'll never happen. Father, you are a powerful God. In the end of this psalm, God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God, not unto us, Lord. So help us to trust you, Lord. Help us to trust you and you alone. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.